Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Christmas is in the air and the countdown is on. And how are you doing today, Michael? I'm getting ready for Christmas. Getting excited, getting a little anxious. Uh, Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, no uh, question. We have, we have real Christmas in the mountains. You know, recently I was reading an article about the 10 best cities in the United States for Christmas. And some of the ones on there were very logical such as New York City at Christmas and the like. But guess what was in the top 10? That's um, Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina. And I can attest, it's a um, pretty, pretty wonderful place pretty this awesome. time of year. Had a little snow in the mountains. It was lovely. Looked out there the other day. There was some snow in the top of the mountains. And we have some folks in our church that live up in the mountains. They've had snow for a while. Where I am, no snow. So I could still play golf. That's a good thing. I, I think snow is very lovely to look at. Song yeah, I would agree. I don't want to be I in would it. agree. Yeah. However, when I do get up in the morning to go to the gym, it is a robust 24 degrees. Now, warms up during the day, lovely, but lets you know you're alive. That's for sure. I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, today... Today, we're going to turn our attention as we talk about Christmas. And last week, we gave you the option of two movies, Spirited or Office Christmas Party. And you chose Office Christmas Party. Yeah. You did it. I'm a deviant. What can I say? It's, and, and you know what? It was a lazy choice because I'd already seen Office Christmas Party. I would have had to watch Spirited. So I, I will admit uh, time time crunch around here, a lot going on. So I, I picked the, the easy one. My wife and I had already started rewatching it. Well, and realize Office Christmas Party, you know, there are really two versions. There is the totally <laughs> raunchified R-rated version that you can get on um, your streaming services. And then there's the more sanitized one that's on uh, the likes of TBS and uh, uh, some of the cable stations. So, you know, it's still we'll steer you towards the more sanitized one. But I will tell you, the humor comes through wonderfully in either version. Definitely. Yeah. Now, this movie was released December 5th, 2016, cost $45 million uh, with a nice little box office return of $114.5 million. Yeah. The uh, the breakdown goes 17 opening weekend. Not mm -hmm. a bad opening. Only 54.7 U.S. Canada. So again, mm. over half, over half worldwide, which surprised me a little bit for a, a American movie. Um, now the question is, 114 on a 45 million dollar budget. We know the advertising was big. Mm -hmm. Didn't make much money. Well, this is a movie I really do believe lives on, and True. has really made its money in all the years that follow. I think a lot of these Christmas movies sort of bank on that—that that they're going to come back, that they're going to be every year showing up on your television on your um you know on your streaming uh devices now, people tune into these christmas movies they're kind of repetitive we want to see them again um you know i saw recently uh a thing you know about um 
Now, some of the movies we've already covered here on Christ Culture and Cinema, like Die Hard, like um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I mean, it's hard to fathom that movie came out in 1989, but it still holds up because once a year it comes Love out, it. And we're like, hey, we got to stop and watch that again, you know? Uh, that so is be my kind of two we we saw that last week the whole thing about the Christmas music or Christmas song yeah. when we did um why am I spacing it the Christmas movie what did love we do actually. last week love actually that was that whole if you make a good Christmas song it'll come back once a year right that's right for sure now the directors of this uh, co directors will spec Josh Gordon now there are two movies that these guys made that I have to mention number one is a movie we're gonna do come Olympic time. Blades of Glory, baby. We're all in. We're going to do two movies. Uh, We're going to put that on the schedule for Winter Olympic time. Blades of Glory and Cool Runnings. Have to do both. Have to. Uh Must. Must. And the second one they did, which didn't do well in the box office, and for good reason, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, not not, not, not very good. So... But I think they did a good job with Office Christmas Party. I, I You have to mention the switch only because Jason Bateman is in that one, too. Oh, for sure. And you're going to notice some of the uh, actors and actresses that pop up in Blades of Glory. And there's a lot of crossover in this movie. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, let's talk about these characters first. They're kind of the love interest tension in the movie. Josh Parker, played by Jason Bateman course we know him for ozark uh, but i love his movies he is just funny such as horrible bosses game night uh identity thief hancock he's brilliant in hancock we've had him in dodgeball you know we love him in dodgeball it's a bit role and he steals it couples retreat and i i think we would be remiss he does have a critically acclaimed role uh, where it's funny, but kind of dark, funny Juno. And those are some of the ones that come to mind with me with Jason Bateman. You're missing one of my favorite movies of all time. Which one? This is where I leave you. I think it's brilliant. Just a brilliant movie. I do know you like that one. Now he leaves great cast. Now playing counter to him, the kind of the brilliant, uh, software engineer, Tracy Hughes is the character played by Olivia Munn. And, you know, there's a lot of great movies she's in, but most notably Ocean's 8. Mm-hmm. She's in Date Night, Iron Man 2, Magic Mike, the original Magic Mike. She's in that. And X-Men Apocalypse. These are these are some pretty big films that she finds herself in. 25 episodes of The Newsroom. I love yeah. her in The Newsroom. And you love the newsroom. Uh, you you mentioned that to me. Now, playing the kind of owners of the corporation, so to speak, the sister and the brother, let's talk about the sister first. Playing <laughs> Carol Van Stone is Jennifer Aniston. I have developed a love for her on the big screen over the years. I was not a Friends fan. I'm one of those that, eh. I I was more of Seinfeld. Let's put it that way. You know, uh, I just couldn't really get into friends. Um, I think their apartments always threw me for a loop in that show because nobody could afford apartment that big in New York city. That's just fact. It was three of them. 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> the jobs they had, come on, she, no, I'm not buying it. So anyway, but where do we know her from? I think one of the best roles was early on in her career, Office Space. She's so good in Office Space. Yeah, enough flair. She is brilliant in the movie Where the Millers. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh I my love gosh. that movie. Every so time good. it's on, I stop and I got to watch it for a few minutes. So many funny parts in that movie. I just can't get over it. Okay. Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. With oh, Jason. my word. She mm-hmm. is hilarious in that. You know, a movie she doesn't get a lot of uh, a lot of credit for. Bounty Hunter. Go watch it, people. That is a good movie. Oh my gosh, her 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 ex-husband is a bounty hunter and he has to get her. <laughs> it's so yes. funny. Oh my gosh. And then she's excellent with her with her friend Adam Sandler in Murder Mystery and Murder Mystery 2 Netflix movies. I love her in those. She's so good. I think she's kind of aged like fine wine. She just gets funnier. She has a great presence. Uh, she's captivating. Uh, I don't know what more you say about her, you know? Yeah, no, she's she uh, she is definitely one of those faces and, and voices where she's iconic now. Let's face it. Oh, she, she is. Very good. She is. Now, playing her kind of screw up brother, Clay Van Stone, is played by T.J. Miller. Now, we know T.J. Miller for Deadpool 1 and 2. He has been that it, we did that on Christ Culture and Cinema, but he's also in another movie we've done on Christ Culture and Cinema, Big Hero Six. Yeah, and that's a great movie. Go back, listen to that podcast, folks. That was a good movie. Uh, Ready Player One, The Transformers. Uh, yeah. Here's a good movie he's in. That's pretty funny. She's Out of My League. That's a pretty good movie too. Anything yeah, he- you got for him? Well, he's just, he's not as big a name as any of the first story we just said. And yet this movie revolves around Clay. This is the Clay story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Um, Playing Mary, who's the human resource person, is Kate McKinnon. She steals it. Oh my gosh, she is priceless. She's in, you know, the reboot of Ghostbusters. She's what made it funny. Uh, she's in Barbie, uh, which she steals to show in Barbie because um, she's uh, crazy Barbie. Uh, she's in Rough Night. She's in Bombshell. She's in Ferdinand. She's in Ted 2. She's in Finding Dory. She's all over the map. She's outstanding. Yesterday. Yeah, she had a partner yesterday. What a great movie that was. Oh, yeah, for sure. For and, sure. And really, she was Saturday Night Live. I mean, you know, she's she's just incredible. All right. And, uh, you know, playing against that human resource person in this is Allison, who's kind of the executive secretary to um, Clay, uh, played by Vanessa Bayer. And, you know, here again, she's another Saturday Night Live actress, just like uh, Kate McKinnon, kind of finding her way in the movies. Uh, She's really good in the movie Trainwreck, uh, a new movie coming out. I love that for you. And here's a movie that's going to come up with some other people, and I've not seen it, 
Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Not at all. Yeah. That's that's one coming out or coming up. Uh, and she then got, last but not, she's a voice in Minions and Rise of Gru and the like, too. I was just going to say, she's done a lot more voice work than I recognize. Yeah, you know, yeah, you don't for sure. That you look. Now, I love these next two characters. I think they are brilliant in the movie. First is Trina, who basically is a pimp. That's what she <laughs> is. Okay. This is true. Uh, and she's played by Jillian Bell. And here again, she's in, I love her in some of the roles she's been in. Uh, Rough Night, which comes up quite a bit. A lot of these folks have been in the movie Rough Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brittany runs a marathon, which is hilarious. Here's a great one. 22 Jump Street and Bridesmaids. Those two movies She's priceless in them. Uh, you can't make her up. And she's also in the movie Fist Fight, which that should hearken to you. Have you ever seen Fist Fight? Yeah. With- That's oh, hilarious. That movie's hilarious. Yeah. But Oh, my gosh. But you're missing okay. a bit. Which one? Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Well, and we got a couple others that are in Bill and Ted movies, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get now, a little. Now, now, playing the prostitute that Trina is the pimp for, Savannah. Savannah's played by Abby Lee. And I was kind of blown away when you look at some of the things she has been in. Mad Max Fury Road, which was an Academy Award nominated movie. She was in uh, The Forgiven. She's mm-hmm. in Dark Tower. She's in Gods of Egypt. And she's also in Waco, the Aftermath, the um, the streaming service show. Really good show. Uh, had no idea she was appearing in all these other places. He's pretty girl. Oh, for sure. And I think she's really funny in the movie. I mean, yeah. she's she plays the role incredibly well. Now... Let's go over to the IT guys. Uh, We have Fred played by Randall Park. Now, if there's anybody whose career is all over the map compared to everyone else in the movie, it's Randall Park. Just consider he is in Fresh Off the Boat television show. He was in a streaming show called Blockbuster. My wife and I watched it. It's about the last Blockbuster video store. He's awesome. in WandaVision. Oh, it's good. It's it's not bad. It's okay. Uh, he's in the MCU, WandaVision. Yeah, Ant-Man, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp, the Marvels, you know, fill in all the ones where he appears. He's in Aquaman and the, this one coming out right at Christmas time, Aquaman and the Lost uh, Kingdom. And let's not forget, he's also in uh, the 41-year-old virgin. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in quite a Oh, and also Neighbors. That's another good movie he's in. He's found a niche in showing up in character actors in these movies, for sure. Uh, playing his counterpart in IT, Nate, uh, Karan Sony. And here's something that's uh, kind of good to be in. 
Spider-Man Across the Multiverse. That's the cartoon Spider-Man movies that are wildly popular. Uh, Seven Days. Oh, by the way, he's in Deadpool and Deadpool 2, along with T.J. Miller. Uh, Here's a movie that I thought, I haven't seen it, but the title intrigues me. The People Who You Hate at Weddings. Uh, I I think that looks pretty funny. Oh, by the way, he's in Rough Night, along with half of this cast. And he's a recurring character in the uh, television series Fargo. Not a bad little career either. He's doing very well. And and again, he's got one of those just interesting characters. And don't forget the the Ghostbusters reboot. Surprise. Oh, yeah. Out of them you came. try to forget that, but you do oh, have to mention it because Kate McKinnon is actually funny in that movie. She's yeah. she's pretty good in that movie. Now, playing Walter Davis, who is the uh, account they're trying to get to save the company in the movie, played by the incredible Courtney B. Vance. You know, you go way back in the machine with him, Preacher's Wife, Hamburger Hill, The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Uh, He was in the Tuskegee Airmen, but most notably and of recent time for Law and Order Criminal Intent uh, as one of the lawyers. Yeah, I was uh, Dangerous Minds in the Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking... You can just keep rattling off movies with that guy for sure. I've just got three more only because they're kind of bit roles, but I think they're incredible. Uh, Jeremy, who's just somebody who works in the company and uh, ends up, uh, he hates Mary until he dances with Mary at the office Christmas party played by Rob Cordery. And this guy you want to talk about funny hot tub time machine one and two Harold and Kumar escape Guantanamo. He's in the Will Farrell movie semi pro about the old ABA. And of course, wait for it. Blades of glory. I thought you're you going knew sex- it was- no, I actually thought you were going sex tape there. Blades of glory. Yeah, that too. Yep. And he's also in sex tape. He's he's funny. This guy really he plays the intense, crazy funny really, really well. Playing Carla, the security guard who's tasing everybody who's trying to steal stuff from the office at the end of the party. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph. She was the agent in a movie we did here on Christ Culture and Cinema, The Lost City. Yeah, great little movie. Loved Lost City. Uh, in the uh, She's a voice in all these Trolls movies. I haven't seen a one of them. But this is where she's most recently been appearing. Uh, the Hulu show that my wife and I really enjoy, Only Murders in the Building, with Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. I mean, man, she's really good in that. She plays a New York City cop. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's excellent. And I got one more, because I can't not mention her playing Lonnie the uber driver who's there to pick up Carol is played by Fortune Feimster and she's been in movies Fubar Chick Fight and then of course Barb and Star go to Del Mar (laughs) but she has the great line when she pulls up Carol Carol 
I'm looking for Carol. You know, Carol, you don't look like a Carol. <laughs> feel, feel her scenes. Yeah. And she's in a scene. You know it. She's very good. She is. She's really funny. So let's talk about this movie. Let's just get into this because there isn't a whole lot to talk about. It's Christmas time. Uh, and Clay is wanting to have this big Christmas party because he loves his employees. His, he loves his team. He, he loves them like a family. And uh, his sister Carol says, under no certain under no certain terms, will you have an office Christmas party? And basically, she's there to tell him she's closing the branch because they have not made enough money for the corporation. I mean, that's the gist of the movie. If you watch any scene, go to YouTube when they're at the table and his sister's there telling him they can't have it. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to have a party. And he starts winking and doing that thing. And I'm sitting oh, yeah. right yeah. here. It is classic. I've seen more people now do that, that they did it so well in that scene. And, and it comes up later on in the movie where we have a similar thing going on. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when 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 uh, when Clay, when they're picking Clay up at the hospital. <laughs> Something yeah, there's again. no drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, not at all. <laughs> so this is the premise of the movie. And then to add a layer of intrigue, Carol, the uh, basically the CEO of the corporation, she's offered Josh Parker a job, but he has not said no to the job. Tracy Hughes, the brilliant engineer, is undervalued by Carol for what she can do. And then everybody plays a stereotype. Mary is the HR person where everything is written up. And I love when she says that she she wrote herself up for being inappropriate in the workplace. That's a yeah. great that, minivan. Oh, my gosh. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's so funny. But long story short, and we'll just cut to the chase. Clay's like, he's going to go out with a bang then. And he's going to have the blowout of all uh, Christmas parties. And things get out of hand really, really fast. Uh, Clay has withdrawn his own personal money to pay for these things. He's going to end up broke. Now it's trying to keep Carol away from the chaos that's ensuing. And word gets out on the floor that this is the end of the branch. They're going to shut it down. So everybody kind of is throwing caution to the wind and nobody gives a rip. And this is where it gets over the top and really funny when, you know, when you have Jeremy sitting on the throne from the Game of Thrones in the office, how that ended up there, nobody knows. A guy dressed up as Jesus riding a white horse through the office uh, while they're singing Christmas carols and a very dark sound going on. It it becomes mayhem. Absolute chaos ensues. So on one hand, Clay gives into his old past. He's now drinking and doing drugs, and he's as high as a kite, dressed as Santa. Um, you know, he's uh he he's encouraging Walter Davis, who's there, he gets kind of loaded. He's encouraging Walter to swing like Tarzan from Christmas lights, and of course. That doesn't go well, and Walter ends up in the hospital. And, oh, by the way, he got fired from his job the day before and never told anybody at this office Christmas party. He was there just to let off steam himself. So this is the kind of corporate chaos we see in this movie. 
Well, what about you? What do you see going on? I saw um, a love for people. Uh, let's be honest. In the world we have today, uh, you and I are constantly ministering to members of our church who feel undervalued, who feel stuck in a job, who are struggling with finding purpose in what they do. And here we see this corporation, big business, where the son who got this branch of his father's business, his father's branch, loves those people. Terrible manager, doesn't know how to do what he's supposed to do, but just has a genuine love and passion for these people. I mean, they're at the end. He took out all the money he had and he had got it strapped to him underneath the Santa costume, right? He's ready to make it rain money and, and just a genuine love for people. And um, over the top, the whole thing is, but but what I saw across this whole thing, and the reason I think this is a a, a neat movie, is we're seeing somebody who who does love beyond the job, the purpose, the money. It becomes about them. This is his father's family, and he was going to take care of them. Yeah, and I'm going to give you another little angle on this too, where I think it's qu- kind of important. Carol, on one hand despises her brother uh, Clay. She despises him. Why? Clay got away with everything. He was irresponsible. He was a, what was he, a television history major or something like that in college? I Early on in the movie, it was some ridiculous degree. And yet, when push comes to shove and Clay is in danger, Carol goes with Josh and Tracy and Mary to go get him, to go find him. And those are some of the funniest scenes in the movie when they get in Mary's Kia. Mary, why do you have a minivan? She's a single woman and it's for her birds. Oh my word. It's oh, like, why? She, she, she buys in bulk. <laughs> that was the other line. Oh my gosh. I mean, just funny, funny one-liners. You know, when Carol, who, who knows self-defense rustles the Russian mobster to the ground and the guy's trying to tap out. Uh Uh-uh, no tapping. And, and, you know, Josh leans down and he goes, where's Santa? Because they're looking for Clay who's dressed in a Santa costume. It's just funny, but I digress. Carol genuinely cares for her brother, genuinely wants to care for these people. She doesn't know how. And Clay's the one who teaches her how to do it. She really does. We live in a world that devalues people. It just does. I mean, I know you've worked in places. I know I've worked in places, even in ministry, where you get tossed to the curb. Nobody even gives a blink, and they toss you to the curb, move on to the next body. And and all of a sudden, when you find a place, a community that, that loves you, that cares for you, that respects you, you know it. You go wait a minute, something is incredibly different here. They, well, they, they value me, you know? And, and Josh, Jason Bateman's character, I think that's, again, he's thrown a ton of money by Carol to go to New York and, and um, take over there uh, more than what he's making. But what does he say? I can't leave Clay. Right. Clay has always been there for me. You know, he puts the value of who he is and how he's valued and the importance over the money for the job. And let's be honest, uh, it doesn't happen a whole lot nowadays. Well, and I'll tell you what, I think that's ultimately what the ministry of Jesus really does look like, right? You know, when you, when you really consider it, he's 
he he's there for people. He goes to people. He stays by people. And people recognize that. And what do they want to do? They want to be around him. They want to be next to him. They want to follow him. I, I think that's what church ought to look like. It, it ought to look like a group of people that are, are sometimes desperate, sometimes broken, sometimes celebrating, sometimes joyful, sometimes successful, all together, mutually caring and supporting one another. And look at how that community comes together in this movie. All of a sudden you have, you know, the IT guys, Fred and Nate, uh, with Allison and Mary, with Tracy and Josh, all of a sudden Carol is involved with it as they're positioning this idea because the internet goes down in the city of Chicago in the middle of the movie and their product can restore it, you know, and they work together as community. I mean, shoot, even Jeremy and Carla, side characters come alongside this. And how about Walter Davis? They go to the hospital. There's Walter. And all of a sudden, Walter has a job with this company as they save it on the Christmas party. Uh, it's it's really this wonderful sense of community coming together in the backdrop of a very raunchy comedic romp around a Christmas party. I mean, that's that's what I see. How about you? Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, I, we said it. It's over the top. It's crazy. It was a money grab. It, it got the millions. But over uh, overseeing all of it is a, a really a sweet story of family and, and, and business family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it, there's so many cute little moments that we know are just ridiculous would never happen. You know, Oh, how did he survive that? What happened? It just, the one liners and, and all that in the end, it's a feel good story. They, they it is. A feel good story. You got a couple of little romantic things going on. You, you, uh, you want to follow these characters. They did a great job developing these different characters. Similar, not as out there and as crazy as, as last week's Love Actually. But mm-hmm. again, different storylines that they keep going back and forth to and, and developing for a great finish. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think this leads us to our Christmas question of the day. Uh, as you get ready for Christmas here uh, in these uh, couple of days prior to, uh, where are you finding that kind of community, that feel good, value one another, love one another community? Uh, th- this movie clearly does a great job of pointing us to that and showing value in every individual. And let me tell you, you have value wherever you are. If you don't have community, you're lonely and you're listening to this, go to a church, go, go to a, go try a couple of different churches, find one where you feel that sense of, of acceptance right where you are, right who you are, experience the community that our Lord Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem offers you. And, and oh, by the way, don't ride a horse dressed as Jesus (laughs) through your office. That will not go well. Just saying. And, 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 and again, the quote of the movie, going back to, to, to Mary, Josh yeah. says, can this thing handle snow? Oh, please. It's a Kia. It's what God would drive. <laughs> Come on. Such a good line. Oh my God. I have a Kia people. That's right. I thought you were going to go where, uh, where, uh, Josh says to Mary, uh, Hey Mary, you're showing a little neckline. She goes, yeah, I feel a little skanky. <laughs> 
I was going with the God would drive, but that works too. Yeah. That's oh, a good the moment. Kia and God driving to Kia. Yeah. It's, it's a fun yeah. movie. Now, uh, considering that you're listening to us doing such an absurd movie, uh, oh, yeah. you must be enjoying Christ culture and cinema at some level. So consider leaving a rating or a review on your podcasting platforms, or more importantly, share it with your friends and family, your community. Ah, and don't forget the book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Films Intersect. Uh, in that book, we're going to teach you how to watch movies in such an absurd way as Michael and I do. Now, next time will be the last episode of season six. How did we get here is beyond me, but we're going to close out the year. We'll, a have a few, we'll have a few best ofs in January before we reboot the next season, season seven. Um, I just want to say we got here because there's a lot of sick people who love movies like us. That's true. That love. is very, very true. Uh, you know, I, I can't disagree. Now, next week will be New Year's Eve, our drop for New Year's Eve. It's always hard to find a New Year's Eve movie. But I found one, uh, really enjoyed this one, and it's a reboot. Uh, the original is equally as good as the reboot. But next time, we're going to go cruising, Michael. Where are we going? We're going to go to Poseidon. Until next time, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>